All right, listeners, now it's time for this week's edition of I've Been Thinking with Lincoln. So, Lincoln, welcome back to Talking with T. Got a couple of things on my mind. And, I'm ready to get my thoughts. I'm ready to get my thoughts. All right. Okay, all right. Well, first of all, the thing this month is better beware. So each week, kind of talking about some things that we need to be cautious of. So the first week, we talked about being cautious of people who have nothing to lose. And then this past week, we talked about being cautious of what we post on social media. And so this week, I was thinking we could talk about false or fake friends. And I'm eager to hear your opinion about that. I know that we've come across them, but how do you identify them and how do you handle them? Well, identifying them and it's very difficult. Handling them is actually much easier than people want to think it is. So handling false friends. Well, that's first step with identifying. Identifying false friends is difficult because we tend not to have a true definition of what a friend is, right? Okay. And, and sometimes we are finding people that mirror a lot of ourselves and we don't even realize it, okay? So what we have to do first is do a self-check of ourselves. What is it that we value? Who are mm-hmm. we as individuals? How do we come off to other people? How do we want to be seen? How do we want to be uh, dealt with? We have to first know ourselves. Okay. Then the other part is then identifying what is a friend or defining what is a friend and then holding everyone to that definition. So, for example. So, is that, well, let me ask you this. Is that different for each person or can it be different? I mean, there are probably some standard be, qualities, it, but. Yes, it can be different. Uh, okay. I'm not one to push my values onto someone else and say what a friend is to them, but. Generally speaking, most people want a person they can trust, right? So friendship means that you can trust the person and that you generally like their company, whatever that means, whether that means they make you laugh or they're just someone to talk to, they're informative, but you generally like their company and they're trustworthy. So normally trust is a central part of every relationship, whether it's friendship or or, or a marriage. So. Mm-hmm. I guess the question becomes is can you trust this person? And then say, well, I would think that it sounds kind of self-obvious that you can trust everyone, but the question is in what ways do you trust them, right? Do you trust them with your money? Do you trust them with your spouse? Do you trust them with your time? Do you trust, like, something simple? I know people say um, they've been to the club with someone and all of a sudden their friend left them in the club. Well, right. how can your friend leave you in the club? I don't know. They well, found maybe. them or something like that, and they left me. Yeah. In. You know, so you – but when you travel with someone, you put trust, mm-hmm. especially if they're driving, you put trust yeah. in that they won't leave you. So it's certain things like that that make you – that you have to test out, you know, to see if this person is truly trustworthy in the way you think a friend should be. All right. And it's so you brought error. something up. Okay, so you brought something up that makes me think, let's talk about what are some things that may tip you off that this friend isn't all that you thought they were or that you are actually keeping company with a false or a fake friend. What are some signs? So so the number one thing I always say is watch how they treat other people. Okay. So a person who is genuine 
will treat everyone basically the same way. Okay. okay. Now, of course, certain relationships require certain types of um, changes to behavior. True. But if you know this person is always, uh, I don't know, talking about everyone else, and for no and they reason, probably talk about you. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Or you say the wrong thing to them, they may not say anything to you, but they're talking about it behind your back, right? Okay. So right. there's certain things that they do around you to other people that you may find, you know, a lot of people I find that they think it's funny or humorous or whatever, or that's just them, or that's just, that's, they ain't talking about me. They're doing the same thing to you when the opportunity strikes as well. So it's a level of being genuine, finding people who are genuine or the same all the time. And I think that's the that's the biggest thing that stands out to me is when I talk to individuals about their relationships or about their friendships, and I think they miss those signs or they totally ignore those signs or, or they think they won't happen to them. All right. And so we want to be careful not to judge someone too quickly, though, right? Because everybody makes mistakes. And so oh, I yeah, think absolutely. also in any relationship, you allow a little room for mistakes and just, you know what I mean? Things, people are just different, but this gets to the last part of it, which is once you realize this person isn't the friend you need them to be. Now they could be a friend to somebody, but it may not be the friend you need. Then what do you do? Do you just cut them off completely? Do you give them a chance? You know, do you, what do you do? Everyone in your life brings something or should bring something to your life, right? Some value to your life, whether it's a laugh, some money, or some trust, whatever. So you first have to figure out what does this person bring to your life that, and then determine if what they bring is worth keeping. Okay. So sometimes, you know, this the person that you're around or you're, you're friends with, you may need uh, for this period of time in your life. Or and, and I don't know. There's plenty of examples to you know talk about depending right. on where you are in your life. You may need them in your life because they something there, but you can only deal with them in that capacity and nothing beyond that. So okay. it's about sometimes you can limit your relationship to just mm-hmm. what they can bring to your to the table. Sometimes you can just get rid of them completely because they bring nothing of, of value. The thing that you thought was of value really is a problem. So sometimes so for example, if you are you found that you can um hang out with this person, talk to this person about everything, but yet they're also always gossiping with you about their other friends business mm-hmm. that you don't even know about, then you right. might want to wonder why do they always talk about everybody else's business with you? Do they talk about your business with them? Now, again, you don't ever want to assume anything. Right? You always want to have a conversation before you make any decision. So communication is one thing that is very, very important across every type of relationship. Even one that's about to fail, you always want to first say, this is my issue. This is what right. I see. This is what I feel. And give them an opportunity to explain themselves or correct themselves or whatever have you until you're personally satisfied with the change or the explanation. And if you're not, okay. then you have to make a decision how you're going to move forward. Right, right. All right, so 
I've been thinking but, about something else. Go ahead. But can I say just one more thing? Sometimes, you know, we also have to do a check on ourselves, too, because a lot of times we hold other people to a standard that we ourselves cannot meet. And so that is why, you know, it's quick for us to say, oh, you're not a good friend, but the, per, someone can easily turn back and say, well, you're the same way. And so before we're evaluating everyone else, that's why I said the very first thing is we first have to understand who we are and understand our value system and what we bring to the table as well. So I just want to put that out there. Got you. Very good points. Very good points. And as usual, you got me thinking. <laughs> and so um, I want to talk a little bit about in the wake of this most recent mass shooting, this massacre, this horrific event that happened in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, shortly after, the debate over gun control came out, right. you know. And so people had said this isn't the time to t- politicize this, you know, due to the event, you know. But people, I guess, just couldn't avoid it because it was so relative to them. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious, you know, I'm trying to think about gun control and my stance on it. I do believe in the right to bear arms. I'm just trying to figure out if you need 10 guns or 20, is that okay? (laughs) Or should everyone have one? Like, I don't know. But what I do know is that something possibly could be done to prevent access. Um, But I don't know. I just would hope that we don't find these stories happening more often, let alone the accidental shootings that are happening among kids. But right. what are your thoughts? So, I think the right to bear arms, since it's in our Constitution, it should be allowed. So a lot of times we get to this mode where if someone gets shot and everybody says, we need to stop, you know, gun con- we need to do gun control to the point where we don't have any guns on the street. And even people okay. from outside the United States always say, well, if you guys would just ban guns, you wouldn't have a problem. So okay. maybe that is true. I don't know. But being that it's part of our Constitution, and I don't see an amendment coming up anytime soon to, to, create, uh, to get rid of that, I think that we need to find a way to, like you're saying, maybe pass uh, laws to mitigate people from easy access. Now, okay. we do that already with things like cigarettes, things like alcohol, um, and, and, and drugs. So it's not mm-hmm. uncommon for us to to limit access to things that could potentially harm someone. Now, the other side of that is guns don't kill people, people kill people, right? And right. so when you get rid of one weapon, people will substitute it for another weapon. So I don't think we're solving the ultimate issue that we're we're having. The ultimate issue is why are people feeling like they need to hurt another person? And that is really the issue. It's not the guns. So until we solve that issue right there, we're always going to come back to, you know, whether it's gun control, knife control, whatever control, we're always going to come back to that. Eventually we're just going to get rid of everything until someone can't do nothing to you but punch you, you know, then we're going to be dealing with that. So I think that Putting limitations on things isn't ultimately the issue. Even even drugs and alcohol and things like that, I think 
putting limitations on them is a, is an easy, quick solution. But the reality is, we need to find out what drives people to use these things and address that. Because it's much right. bigger than just going after. It's much bigger than someone even shooting someone. It's it's a deep seated issue that we have not addressed, and that affects everything. I mean, because I go back to saying, well, it's a matter of love, and that love, you know, the love issue gets into our education, gets into our health, gets into affects a lot of different things. It's not just how we treat each other. So mm-hmm. if we start addressing those root issues, I think we'll address a lot of other non gun related issues at the same time. The other part okay. to that is, um, uh, so when it comes down to limiting guns, I always thought when uh, so a solution to the gun issue, to like say curbing gun violence, I always go back to Chris Rock. Chris Rock made a joke saying we need to tax bullets, you know, and he was make, he was going to stand up one day, and I don't know if anybody's ever who's listening ever saw that one, but he did a stand up about. Um, how someone would think twice about shooting you 20 times because they know how much each bullet costs to shoot you. So they make sure they're going to shoot you one time is going to be the only one to kill you. So a person right. shooting 30, 40, 50 bullets into a crowd and, and missing half of them. So he said, but I think the idea is still the same. I mean, he, he made a funny point, but the point is still a good one. Maybe we do need to tax the bullets. Maybe that might limit who's actually shooting, you know, and right. who can and who they're and how many times they're gonna shoot out into a crowd too. You know, so right. maybe that's maybe that's an alternative. But I honestly it I think we're always gonna come back to this question. We're always gonna come back to this issue. Uh and so I in this case mm. so well in this case the gunman had plenty of money. So if even if we tax the bullets and that's what he wanted to do, he could have done that. He didn't have any indicators that would keep him from having access to guns. So he's going to pass the background check and everything. So how carefully can we look into someone's habits? I mean, I know people study this. I know there are certain patterns, but it goes back to what you just said. It's the person. Now, some people, yes, had mental illnesses been addressed, had people paid attention to some very obvious signs, maybe right. it wouldn't have happened. But in right. a case like this, I mean, I just he built up an arsenal that in my opinion no one person should have done. However, you always have the black market. So I don't know if he bought all those guns legally or not. Anything mm-hmm. that is illegal you're gonna create a market for. You know, and so that goes back yeah. to like drugs and everything else. I just, I don't know. My heart breaks when I see stories like that, and I, I think about the families, and it's so random. You know, you never know when somebody's just gonna snap, and if you're gonna be in their presence or not. Yeah, and you know, you know, I think about when I was in the Bahamas. Um, guns are illegal in the Bahamas, right? But yet. Somehow, there's guns. It was like a bunch of shootings, and, and I was there in, the, in September. No, the earlier part of the year, and they were talking about mm-hmm. all of these shooting deaths that happened out the Bahamas and Nassau in particular. And Nassau is pretty much where the bulk of the population of the Bahamas live, and the population of the Bahamas is like 280,000 people. So you got maybe 200,000 just living on one island, 
And how do they get these guns, right? right. There's just one island. So you're telling me y'all couldn't prevent guns from coming into this one island that's the size of, you know, a town in the United States? Like, so hmm. even countries that um, are ban- have banned guns, people find a way. And that's and I right. guess that's my point is that okay. we're always going to come back to this issue. People will find a way to circumvent the law, to get what they want, and to do whatever they want to do when they really want to do it. And if you have the money, you will definitely be able to do it, uh, even and, if it's legal. And if you have lost value in your own life, so if you go in. Just like a terrorist, which is another thing, I'm I'm not sure why they didn't label him as such. But anyway, but just like a terrorist will go in with the attitude that it's okay for him or her to lose their lives on this mission. Right. You know, sometimes they plan for that, and then you know, what can you do? So you're right. You you as usual, giving us a lot to think about. And and listeners, if you have any comments or you want to call in, feel free to do that. That's area code 865-409-1170. If you want to leave some comments for Lincoln, you can do that on www.talkingwitht.com. But thanks again for a very enlightening and insightful conversation. Thank you. It was great. All right. As always, All right. I hope that I got y'all thinking. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs>